Good morning, fellow goodness. After a very long delay, uh, apologize again for the little hiatus we had. But I mean, due to health reasons, I had to also be a bit out of action for a while. Uh, thank you also, Aiden, for being so understanding. So we're gonna get ready to roll. So Arsenal versus Sheffield United. Yeah, um, a game. I think that you know I expected us to comfortably win before we even kicked off. You know, Sheffield United. I don't think out as a win this season, and I didn't just think they were gonna get it at the Emirates. Um, you know, this 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 time around, and I. I know they've, they've picked up a point at the Emirates once upon a time, I think when Chris Wilder was still in charge. But I think this Arsenal side was just set up differently. And I think, you know, it was good to see also a bit of rotation um, because we've been, you know, kind of playing the same players into the ground. And it was good to see little tweaks here and there. I mean, like my take with, the, with regards to the game was... <clears throat> I think in the first few, like, uh, like easily first 15 minutes, it was actually a tough watch because you all know, like, we all knew Arsenal's going to play the position game and that uh, Sheffield United were not, like, really going to fall for any of our little traps that we were setting up. And I actually thought to myself, it's going to, I don't know, it will probably take us something more intricate to, to, to make a breakthrough because, I mean, the, the squad was, like, kind of set up more defensively. I mean, they had like an ex-Arsenal player, Austin Trusty in the in defence. But I mean, I, I still thought to myself, you know, like, look, it's going to be tough to break them down. But I think once you, you you know, if you find a chink in the armour of this, once the, you know, you get the goal, then I think the floodgates then eventually would open with, with uh, Sheffield United. Yeah, I know, but they were quite, you know, frustrating to break down. They were just literally standing there. I mean, that um, Rion Brewster also wasn't getting much service. He literally just hung him out to dry alone against yeah. Saliba and Kivio. Yeah, and then the 28th minute, Arsenal finally makes the breakthrough. I mean, that's fantastic work through White, Havertz and Saka. And then they end up squaring the ball into Declan Rice. And I mean, he's also like, he has a sort of Jorginho eye for the like, sort of killer pass because he somehow still manages to pick... He first, I think, with that cross of his into the the Sheffield United box, he actually nutmegs one of the the Sheffield United defenders jumping to to make a block, and then the ball falls to Nketiah. He used some fantastic footwork to get past Trusty and buries his shot. One 0 Arsenal. Yeah, no, it's very good all round play. Good goal, good play by Rice, who actually started you know taking command of the game, taking the game with the scrap of the neck, even though he plays a bit deeper. Yeah. I think he was controlling the game pretty well, and it was good to see Nketiah uh, was such a you know calm, cool, collected finish. Then, forty-first minute, uh, uh, a fantastic save by Fothering. I mean, the Sheffield United goal after great work by Smith Rowan Saka in some link-up play that set up Martinelli. And I mean, he lets it up from outside the box, and the keeper is almost like claw the ball out of the top corner to for uh, to give Arsenal a corner. Yeah, no, you could see Arsenal slowly starting to control of the game, and. You know, once that second goal came, you kind of were saying to yourself, this game, you know, could be three, four, five, six, even seven. Yeah. Then we go on into the second half. Um, again, Arsenal, you know, seemingly more relentless now. Uh, they end up winning a corner. Arsenal, of course, have that, that little routine where Ben White is almost like half leaning onto the, normally either on the goalkeeper or on the defender that's protecting the goalkeeper. So he, he ends up causing total chaos in the, Sheffield United box. Fathering almost like falls over, but too easily for the refs liking as well. 
in get the international body to the roof of the net, the far corner. I mean, they end up do, like, doing a little quick uh, VR, VR check, but I think the goal, as I said, the goalkeeper did make a bit of a meal of it, so the goal stood and Arsenal went 2-0 up. I think the goalkeepers are trying to, to buy fouls very easily. I don't know how you're seeing it. I mean, in a lot of games, the keepers are just going down for like any tiny little contact. Uh, you know, that I find the issue, but I mean, there were also uh, things... I'm not sure if it was like that game or the, the weekend before, but I mean, uh, my son, that we, you know, guys are getting like touched on the shoulder and then, you know, like, where's the good old fashioned shoulder, the shoulder barge? And that when you play now, it's like everything gets, you know, stopped or slowed down. And even there's also something I want to say. <clears throat> I mean, of course, it's just like, you know, hopping from one of the previous games, but I felt Arsenal played more fluid in this game than some of the other games before because. I think, I don't know, sometimes, it, I don't know if it, uh, like in, you know, uh, upsets you or whatever, but sometimes I feel, you know, as fantastic as Odegaard has been playing throughout the season, that little blips that he had now in the last few games, I don't know if it's fatigue from the international break that, uh, that's gone by, or Arteta telling, but sometimes I feel that the, the game is almost like slowed down a bit too much, because I think... yeah. We'll hurt way more teams because I, you know, look, I hate making the comparison, but like when I was watching uh, the Manchester derby, you never saw Manchester trying to slow up. I mean, even like uh, with, uh, as matter, no matter how crap uh, United are at the moment, but I mean, the two of them, the, like when the midfielders want to drive with the ball, they drive with the ball forward. When uh, City want to do it, they drive forward. We will like go almost like two thirds up the field and then we'll stop and we'll play a back pass, and then I think. God, you guys are like one of the most talented Arsenal teams in years and you guys keep on slowing your game down. Because, I mean, I, I honestly believe we'll smash any team if we just go full full, uh, full throttle and then also know when to pull back and slow down. You know, like we start shifting down the gears. But, I mean, honestly, they need to really start playing with more verve and vigor going forward. I mean, what you saw, uh, I mean, of course, we can take that sort of advantage against Sheffield United. But I just hope we see more of that sort of performance also... Uh, in the upcoming games, whether we play home or away. Yeah, they just keep the ball ticking like that. They keep the ball ticking instead of like you're know, turning the ball, oh, the guy checking back. You know, he does it always check back or check, check, like you're know, for that perfect part. Sometimes you just should give the ball and go, give the ball and go. And I mean, I like, I felt like, look, uh, I'm not going to lie, the other day when I was watching uh, Smith Rowan, he had that little cameo in, in uh, I don't know if it was the Chelsea game or whatever. And I just thought to myself, look, this is now your opportunity, you know, play your game. And then it was like so overly cautious or, you know, I was like overheating, underheating passes. And then it was part of the game on, on, on Saturday against Sheffield United where he started like it. But it was like the more time you could see he was getting on his, like, you know, so, like, you know, on his clock. You know, he was actually starting to look more con confident because, I mean, come at that uh, part of that, that second half, he actually looked more like that Smith Rowe that two seasons ago when we saw that yeah. three-point that. I think he just needed that kind of confidence. And I just hope, you know, he maybe gets more games under his belt now. Uh, then, 58th minute, uh, Martinelli dings the ball over Bogle to pick out Smith Rowe. Smith Rowe ends up, you know, driving the, the Arsenal squad forward. He ends up laying the ball off for Nketiah. But I mean, the Sheffield United at that point are almost like at sixes and sevens at the back. As soon as Nketiah turns, there's nobody even marking him, whatever. And then when he sees, like, you know, he's got free range at the goal. He lays it up from about 25 yards and the ball roars into the net. 3-0 Arsenal. 
Yeah, I, I was really shocked by that finish of his because Aaron Ketty is not renowned for scoring outside the box and for him to eat the shot of that power, you know, just show that maybe Arsenal is slowly starting to kind of, you know, increase, you know, where he can score different types of goals as well. So, yeah, I've also got a confession to make because I was still telling my son uh, when you were watching the game, I said, why isn't Ketty playing again? Because all he does is just score little tap-ins and, and <laughs> scuffy finishes. And then when he scores that, so my son said, and I thought, yeah, you said you just go scruffy goals. That ball is like a banger from outside the box. Yeah, no, I know. I was also kind of taken aback by that kind of finish. But it seems like, you know, I'm not saying that he's a better striker than Jesus, but it's like he almost gets into those more dangerous situations than, than Jesus does. And he also, like, kind of, you know, finishes sometimes a bit better than Jesus does. But you know what? I don't understand. Like, like um, with players like like Nketiah, normally, uh, like you know, if you have somebody ahead of you, you're gonna you know you you play the socks off, and then yet when Jesus is playing and he comes on as a sub, he looks so lackluster. But when the minute yeah. Jesus is injured, you see Nketiah goes a sort of notch where I've gone from like you know just get him out of the club to <laughs> God is this the same player? Yeah. I mean, I think he's a top Premier League goal scorer at the moment with five goals. If I'm not mistaken. Then on to the 87th minute, Arsenal end up uh, managing a penalty through uh, Vieira. They got clipped. I mean, I don't know how the ref still needed to go to VAR to see it. I mean, I think it was clear as day you could see the uh, player Norwood ends up, you know, tramping Vieira on his Achilles. Uh, Vieira then ends up, I think, to talk um, Nketi into giving him the penalty. He ends up taking it, slotting it just down the middle, for, sending Fodrin also the wrong way, and Arsenal go 4 0 up. Yeah, well, it's about time, you know, we, we we put the foot in the gas, and I think our, our goal difference even went higher than Man City's, which was a bit of a shocker, you know, for Arsenal. I think we were always talking about improving our goal difference, and I think we kind of did that in this game. Yeah. So, uh, then in injury time, Arsenal managed to get another goal. I mean, almost like through our little wonder boy, Tommy Yasu. I mean, I was, you know, over the moon for him. And you know what? I found actually amazing. And it shows also how much he means to the squad. When you see how many players were, I'm like, so, I'm like overjoyed for him. Because, I mean, even Ketia shoved into the crowd to say, like, go sell yeah. Because, I mean, you deserve it. And, I mean, the, the Emirates almost like gave him almost like a near standing ovation. Because, I mean, he's like a one, you know, like, He's like a one-man, you know, like a jack-in-the-box, jack-of-all-trades, does everything, never, like, you know, whines, even if he's, you know, getting a bench job or whatever. But, I mean, he, he's always giving his all for the club. And, I mean, I think he's becoming almost like a, a favourite of mine as well. Yeah, no, and, and, and you know, he, he in the Champions League, I think, was it when we, we, we decided to play him instead of Zinchenko. It kind of worked out better because defensively he's more away than Zinchenko is. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean... If you think also that that goal that led up to the the winner in the Man City game, I mean, who would have, I mean, you know, uh, Arteta said I think in the, in the post match where he said he told him just to go like in that roaming role, but he didn't need to go right <laughs> up to the opponent's box. And I think that in a way also 
like if you look at that goal again, also of Martinelli, like he ends up confusing Foden because Foden doesn't know whether he must track him or stay as a as a winger for City. Yeah. And Kyle Walker is watching Martinelli and watching Tommy Asu, and he doesn't know like to which guy he must yeah. go. He ends up then going to Tommy Asu, and that almost like just frees up Martinelli. But again, a, a fantastic player who always you know wears his heart on his sleeve, and I mean nothing. That's why he wins so much admiration from his teammates and fans alike. Yeah, no, this will be, you know, gets more opportunities and, and you know, stays fit, actually, because, I mean, you know, he's been blighted with injuries since, I think, it was January of 2022. Other than that, he's been Mr. Consistency when he's gotten a good run of form. So, we move on now to the League Cup game on uh, tomorrow. Uh, you know, West Ham have had almost like a real up and down sort of season at times. Sometimes, yeah. like, they're doing well, but I think, I, look, I, I also think it's going to be, how can I say, also like the downfall, it's eventually going to catch up to, say, teams like Brighton as well, it's going to catch up to teams like uh, Newcastle as well, because you can't actually see that, that fatigue, I mean, as much as they, they play their hearts out, like, you know, midweek, and, but if you don't have a squad like that big enough, look, I'm not, I'm not saying we have now the ultimate squad, because, I mean, City still looks, you know, way yeah. more in gear than most teams, but you can actually see little, uh, you know, little uh, chinks starting to break in there, sort of. Uh, look, they're normally a very solid team, and I mean, they've been coming off some bizarre defeats or something, because, I mean, uh, that, that game where they got tonked uh, at Chelsea, that uh, was almost like very unlike them, the way they, you know, turned up there, and then Olympiacos, they almost like kind of woke up late there, and by the time... Yeah. Got back to league form this past weekend. They ended up losing to Everton at Everton, the yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be... <clears throat> I mean, they're probably going to ring the changes as well. I think we will probably as well. But I just wonder if, you know, all the players that now sat out, um, if they now get to play where he's not taking this, this even the League Cup a bit serious, what's your thoughts? Uh, I hope so. I really hope so. Because the League Cup, if you look at, at the teams left in it, okay, Liverpool, you know, it's a very, you know, they've always been a bogey team. But if you look at it, you know, there's no Man City, there's no Tottenham at the moment in the competition. You have a Chelsea side, I think, who, who are, but you didn't miss. You don't know what you're going to get again with them. Yeah. You have Newcastle and United. One of them is going to take each other out. You go have Liverpool and Bournemouth. You just don't know what's going to happen. Then you have us and West Ham, you know. A victory against against that, you, you could find yourself maybe against a lower league opposition side in the in the quarters. And and you know, we win that game, you you're playing a semi-final and you're close to, you know, maybe this Arsenal side, if they can put their hands on a, a Carabao Cup, you know, just before the season starts actually eating up because I mean, you know, February you play the finals normally, and I mean, you know. You could be close to a title race. I mean, or within maybe five points of it. You may be still in a Champions League tie, and you may be the FA Cup. And suddenly, this team um, gets their hands on a Carabao Cup. It will do something to this team's morale. Certain players would have never won a club trophy before. Have won a trophy, got the medal around their neck, and suddenly they have that belief. So I really hope they take this seriously. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, we, like, you know, not much to talk about that game, really, still, but I mean, we're going to move on to the game on Saturday against Newcastle United Ooh. at St. James's Park. I mean, we all know that crowd carries them the same way that crowd carries, the uh, like, you know, Liverpool at Anfield and that way 
sometimes they can also like force the ref's hand even like with decisions or hasty decisions. So I just think we need to have a very, you know, disciplined way of playing. I just hope the conditions are a bit better because, I mean, that game that they, the last few games that, that they've been played that I've watched now televised on, on TV, uh, it's been a, you know, drenched, but like, you know, total, and, and I think that's also a, a, like a weird turning point in a, in a, in a, High-profile game because sometimes it kind of, kind of spoils things as well. I mean, look, of course, football is to be played in rain and whatever. We all know that, but sometimes it kind of, kind of like either spoils with a like a tackle that that's not really meant like it. Or I mean, if you remember that that game a few years back in during the lockdown period where uh, the ball bounced against Leno's hand and he got sent off, and it kind of spoiled the game like against Wolves. Against Wolves, yeah, we got two red cards against them. Yeah, so I mean, that's so, but it don't work out like that when you play in Newcock. But it always seems like we never have to go to St. James. I mean, I think last season it was a fantastic time because it was like, what, the second part of the season, like when we had to actually travel in. It was like everything was sunny and whatever when we put that goals past it. But I think this time around, I mean, it could be again, you know, bad weather. So I just hope. Yeah, and that is why, that's my only concern because. Look, that like that game against um, that I watched last week of theirs against Dortmund, Newcastle, when they played Dortmund. It was almost like more. It, it came down to almost like errors, like through the uh, conditions that you know led to Dortmund are sneaking a win and whatever, and 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 almost like whatever they were trying, Newcastle trying it was just failing at every attempt. So I just hope. I mean, you know, we almost like got the little, uh, you know, I don't know what's the word, exact word now over them, the voodoo over them. But, you know, because, I mean, they've now also been not that, I mean, uh, if you look, watch their performances the last few weeks, I mean, the start of the season, where they were almost like pl- playing teams of the park but still losing. And then they now started going on this sort of run where they sort of tonking teams and, that, and I think that is what we must be just careful of there. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I was looking at the set of fixes and if, you know, playing the likes of Chelsea, Newcastle away from home and, you know, whoever else and you know, we can make it to that next international break still in the Carabao Cup, you know, doing yeah. well in the Champions League and, you know, um, um, maybe beating Newcastle even and, and still just look a draw is not ideal, but sometimes you have to look at things a bit realistically. You know, you're not going to win all your games. You're not going to win all your games away from home. And, and you know, I'm not saying I, I'm going to take a draw. Um, but what I'm saying is that, you know, if if we can, you know, just stay within touching distance of City, Liverpool and um, and Spurs after playing Chelsea away from home and yeah. Newcastle away from home in the same batch of fixtures, you know, I, I would take that. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, look, I, I think now uh, it's like a part of the season where you need it almost like convincing wins. And sometimes if you need to take a draw, you take a draw. I mean, look at that Chelsea game. As lucky as we were, they, I mean, they, they, it got to a point also in that second half where I thought, you know, you could be greedy and say, yeah, let's go for the 3-2 winner and whatever. But I think after that, that sort of woeful performance first half, then it was like a t- also terrible part of the second half. And then I was like waking up with like 15 minutes to go and then still managing to leave Stamford Bridge with a point and leave the, uh, the Chelsea fans, you know, totally upset, throwing away, like, the, the 2 0 lead they had over us. Tells you also, like, what sort of effect Arsenal could have on the season. So, almost like a, a result, like, it's, you take as, you know, a get-out-of-jail-free card because on another day it could have been 2 0 and stayed 2 0 and we would have yeah. total mugs in it. So, because I feel, 
this part, as I said, now you get your points, you rack up your points. If you take a draw, you take a draw. But when it comes now to the, like, when we're getting it, I say to after January, that, that when the real business end of things, then we need to also have a thing where we need to also, you know, if we need to take a one all win, we take a one all win and, and you go. Because I think if you watch City also when they were in their title running, they don't really overexert themselves when it comes to title running. They see that they still play that position game. If they sneak their wins or they, they you know, get out of jail, but they, they just see that, that they don't lose a game. And I think that is a sort of mindset we need to go into the second half as well. Like now, you know, gain all your points now. And then with the other part, you almost like have a control, you know, uh, into the season. Because if you just look at, at also the, the, the invincible season, if you remember... They were so they blew opposition away in that first half, and in the second half of the season, you remember all those little one-all games where they would go to Fulham and Pompey and whatever, and they would like you know sneak these little games. Like, and I think that is how we should almost like guide the squad also eventually in the latter part of the season. Yeah, because we, we last season we were literally um, you know almost playing ourselves into the ground, chasing you know those exhilarating, um, exciting endings to game, but it was just too nerve-wracking every time, you know, chasing a game or or like holding on to a game for dear life and then we win the game. So players probably got exhausted eventually of yeah. doing that. So like you said, we need to have a bit more control, finishes to games and that will kind of, you know, almost give you that juice in your legs to, to go on to the next week. You know, something that you said is like so true and like, you know, a golden comment that you made last season <clears throat> when you still said, you know that every time we're having to chase a game with a two-nil deficit, and, and, and uh, you know your words are so true because, as you know, said, I, I think that does take a lot out of it because look, when we got out of jail against Bournemith, uh, you know it was fantastic, and and yeah. then that that Southampton game, and then you could see they could get to three-three, but they just didn't have that legs to take it to the four-three because it took much, you know, that much out of them because Southampton kept them at, out, uh, you know, at bay for most parts. I and mean, when it came to that that flurry at the end, you can see the, like the I wouldn't say the ideas ran out, but I think the, the legs just the guests in the legs just ran out. Yeah, but I mean, even that Aston Villa game, you know, with a tight clash when we won that four-two, you know, we left it quite late searching for that winner. So that searching for that winner so late on does take a lot of gas out of you. And like you said, that legs just couldn't carry them anymore when it mattered. But do you sometimes feel like now, like if you look at the sort of games now? Look, I know that the, the jury's still out with, with uh, Raya, you know, with regards to the battle with him and, and, and Ramsa. But do you sometimes think it's, it's down to almost like Raya now to, you know, almost like see us through that sort of end where, where we're not conceding maybe that much or like, you know, that the goals get sneaked in when we like say, say sometimes like there were days like when we were winning 4 0 and then all of a sudden we concede a goal at the end and you think, oh, we just, you know, again threw away a clean sheet. Do you sometimes feel that, or what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I'm still very torn up between the two, you know, because I think Raya, okay, besides the Sheffield United game, has, has made very, you know, blunders, which 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 cost us and could have cost us more than it should have. Yeah. Um, I mean, that goal against Lawrence, I mean, that goal against Chelsea, I mean, you almost gave that third goal against Chelsea, and I think against Sevilla as well, you were giving the ball quite away. And that punch that almost went into his own net. So, you know, I know the jury's still out there, but I think Ramsdale maybe deserves another charge in the polls because I think Raya at the moment, for me, 
you know, seems a bit shaky. And I mean, you know, if if you're not going to give Ramsdale a chance for anything, you know, are you ever going to give him a chance? Because I mean, I I like I think we all those comments will get held, you know, to Arteta because I mean, you first drop your keeper who hasn't made like an error that season. And then you you bring in a guy who's now made a couple of you know blunders in in games, some that have led to goals, some that close to leading to goals, and then he's something like still keeping his place. It is actually making you think like, now what's it gonna take for you know Ramsdale to get a shot? Because I thought he's gonna hold you know both of them to higher regard, like with yeah, regards to the error factor. I mean, Raya's been making some like I mean I think it, like against City almost cost us that way. They almost slid the ball into the net. I mean, Raya cost us almost when, um, you know, against Lawrence, where he kicks it, like, you know, the goal leads to the goal. And then, you know, Chelsea, I mean, to be beaten, like, I had Pamudzik, okay, it was a freak. But, I mean, you know, there's other passes in between. And then sometimes you just need to boot the ball away. You can't play that. I know Ateta wants to play this expansive game from the back, but... I mean, you know, you were goalkeeper first, you know, prevent... I know he's kept clean sheets at the Emirates as well, which, yeah. you know, Ramsdale hasn't. But it wasn't all due to Ramsdale's fault. I mean, yes, he's made some mistakes. But, I mean, that punch against Sevilla, I mean, my heart was in my throat. Cause, I mean, he punches it into his own net almost. I mean, you know, would that have warranted uh, a goalkeeper change if it went in the net or would it still have stuck with Raya? That's true. So, uh, look, it's been our first podcast in, you know, a couple of months, I believe. But, I mean, I think it's now, you know, getting there slowly and surely. So, I mean, I think next week we'll probably do a, maybe a bit of a longer podcast. But I think yeah. for now, that's it. Uh, hope you guys have a fantastic rest of the week. Hope you guys enjoy the game tomorrow. Take care, guys. Come on, you gooners. Enjoy, guys. Hopefully we get the three points and make it through to the next round.